The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking NFC South today. The Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and Tampa Bay Buccaneers with the GOAT, the Silver Fox, Tom Brady himself. We're going to be talking about all those teams today on Get Paid. You're listening as usual to Sean and Brad. Brad, how you doing, my friend? I'm well, brother. So what's the what's the update on whether or not the NFL is coming, you know, I'm going to... Well, here's the deal. What do we if, know? If you listen to the NFL, um, they're going to be back. Everything's on time. No preseason. That has now been pretty confirmed. So the NFL is not going to have a preseason, preseason games. The NFLPA has wanted that for a while. Uh, the NFL has been pressing for two. Then they went down to one, and now they've actually gone back and just said, okay, nothing. Um, so there's got, not going to be a single preseason game, which Great. means Thank which you, means Joe Burrow – of the Cincinnati Bengals, who we talked about like last week or two weeks ago or whatever it was, um, Tua, um, Tonga Vailoa, these guys, these rookie uh, QBs, Herbert and um, not San Diego, the, the Chargers of Los Angeles, they're not getting any reps, real real reps. Um, Fantasy Football Almanac, by the way, that's available on Amazon.com. Uh, free updates for everybody. Those updates are gold this year because we're going to have Brad opt-outs. You know, players are going to be able to opt out of the season um, due to COVID concerns. Yeah, but it's- Sean, sorry to interrupt, but you know when you say real reps, like these teams, they get together and they they scrimmage, and so like I don't you think that's gonna. I, honestly, I don't know if that's gonna happen either, because you're not allowed to do that. I I I don't I don't I truly I don't know, but my my it's thing so is so annoying already. I know, <sighs> I know. So I think it's that so annoying. All we're gonna do is be able to get inter squad offense versus defensive scrimmages. It's going to be wild. Like, I've always maintained that, like, people are, are always crushed the preseason. And I say, look, the preseason, look, for, for a fan and somebody buying the NFL, like, if you're a season ticket holder and you have to pay full price for two preseason ticket games, that's annoying. I don't like that. Um, but the preseason does have some value for two reasons. Um, one, it helps players' bodies get kind of back into game shape because game you can't replicate the game in preseason practice. There's a different level of intensity. Now, do you need four? Absolutely not. Um, The other thing is you need to have some kind of way, if you're an NFL team, to know what you have in undrafted free agents and rookies who are probably not going to see the field that season, but you need to be able to say, hey, this is a guy I want for another two or three years from now. Or, hey, maybe I want this offensive guard that can play center instead of this guy that can There's play guard tackle. There's value There is. So, so the, the teams, do we as NFL fans need to see it? No. But there is value in knowing as an NFL head coach and a GM, knowing which players to keep and which players not to keep. And I think that's the real bummer to me is, you know, a lot of high school sports, they could be canceled or they're pushed back. Like a lot of high school fr- uh, seniors need this season to get um, a scholarship, right? For the NCAA, we'll see what happens. But if we're missing games, there are a lot of seniors in the NCAA that need this season to be drafted. And so, like, the, and and there are a lot of NFL young NFL players, and they're talking about Brad uh, pairing back the camp rosters from ninety to eighty. So that's over the course of three. That's three hundred and twenty mm. less players that are going to get eyes on them um, this year. The 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 limitation of opportunity to me is a big 
the big bummer. Um, and then the annoyance for me personally is that I don't get to watch preseason to vet my almanac. And this opt-out and this whole thing, it's going to make my job as a book, you know, the author and the free updates that I give away on the almanac, um, it's going to make that uh, kind of annoying because, you know, it's this isn't going to happen. But can you imagine all these fantasy football players that are drafting Christian McCaffrey at the top of the draft? What if Christian McCaffrey is like, "Mm, you know, I'm just not feeling it this year. I'll come back next year. I'm going to opt out. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine Tom Brady? Of course, Tom Brady is not going to. But can you imagine Tampa Bay signs Tom Brady and Tom Brady's like, going to opt out or like a lot of these players in high impact areas that have wives that are pregnant do they want to be risking that if they like russell wilson if he's has has a baby due this year i mean these are high profile names i'm just throwing these out there that's not actually going to happen but what will happen is these unheralded maybe offensive tackles or guards or centers that protect your key asset guys that you wouldn't think are a big deal but are a big deal they're going to opt out and who's going to keep track of all that? I am well, for our Omnac readers. Opt out, exactly. What do you mean opt out? Exactly? Opt out. So like David Price, um, big acquisition for the Los Angeles Dodgers, opted out, meaning he doesn't have to play this season. There's no penalty. He's just he's just not going to play because he's worried about COVID. And the, the NFL has not hashed out oh, this policy yet. <laughs> the NFL has not <laughs> Come hashed on. Well, there are players in the NBA that have children that, if they get sick, are super high risk. And the NFL has, what, 53 times 32? It's over 1,500 players, 1,560 players or whatever it is. That the odds, I mean, just law of averages. There are going to be players that have family members that are that are um, high risk. And so they have to now think, is the best thing for me right now this season to play? Well, if you're a bottom of the roster guy and you need that roster space and you want to make that 400 grand, then yeah. Um, if you're... Uh, an offensive tackle who might not be a star, but you're making, you know, two, three million bucks a year and you don't have any problem finding a job next year, maybe the right thing to do if your family's at risk is is to not play. Is to, and so this is a very valid storyline for the rest of the season. And the NFL has not, they don't have a policy yet. So are we going to get a season on time? I don't know about on time. Are we going to get a season? Yes, we will absolutely get a season. There's too much money. It's going to happen. Um, and the NFL owners are now doing this, but what we haven't heard yet, like we heard for a month in the MLB is the owners. I've, I've seen reports that the owners are going to ask for the players to take a 40% pay cut due to lost ticket revenue Mm. this year. I mean, you don't think that's going to be a big storyline? They should. Sure. But they haven't talked to or agreed about it and they're supposed to report the camp next week. So I think it's switch subject, Sean, but, uh, what, what are the, the Redskins naming their team? Uh, for now, they are the Washington football team. Literally. <laughs> I know. That's why I asked. What is what is happening? What the Washington football team. What is team. happening? I can't believe, um, because Dan Snyder has the Washington Warriors trademarked, but apparently that's not good enough, I don't think, for the, for the Washington uh, Warriors? Yeah, they have, because Snyder that's bought, cool. like, an arena league, so he trademarked it. So he actually has that ability. I think it's a beautiful name, but... I mean, yeah, it just sounds cool. good. Um, I, the Golden State Warriors, yeah, I know they're very good, but I mean, who are the Golden State Warriors? They don't have like a history of brand or anything. Like, who cares? They're they're good now. They're not going to be good in ten years. Well, there's years. aren't there other teams that are that have the same name? Yeah, I mean, sure. are, aren't there multiple? I mean, sure. Are sure. there the That's Giants? A great San Francisco Giants, New York Giants, but that all that yeah, okay, happened Giants a long time and Giants, ago. Yeah, right. 
But, you know, I think uh, what will end up happening is, well, first of all, I know Native American communities have basically said, hey, look, you know, we don't want any imagery or anything like that, even if it's a good name. In my opinion, you know, it's it's not like a, a bad name. But when you go from the Redskins to the Warriors, I mean, it's not like the Packers going to the Warriors. It's the Redskins. It's just not... Basically, the Native community, Native American community doesn't want anything to do with them, and I understand that. So the next name that I thought, because there was talking about there's a trademark dispute, is um, it could be the Washington, um, um, what is it, the Wa- uh, Washington Generals, I believe, is one. And the Washington Generals play the Harlem Generals. Globetrotters. Wasn't there already a Generals? Yeah, there's a Washington Generals, That's literally right. a Washington right. Generals, and they play the Harlem Globetrotters like 10 times a year. Um, so there's a trademark dispute there. So anyway, they, the Redskins hired somebody to come up with a name, but now the Redskins, in terms of least inspired names in the NFL, they now lead the list. Um, second on that list is the Cleveland Browns. So you have the Redskins are the worst. Na- the, yeah, the, that's the, a bad sorry, one too. The Washington football team is is so boring, um, slightly more boring than the Cleveland Browns, who, by the way, are orange. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know they were named after Are they going to change the logo too? Uh, they will. Uh, th- no logos this year for sure. Same t- same no colors. Change. Same colors. No logo. Um, I don't believe they'll have no a name. logo. No logo. So they're removing the logo, and they're the Washington Football Team, and they're not. Um, I don't believe that they'll have a team name for this season. They'll unveil it next year, which is what I thought would happen all the time. Now I thought that Snyder would would stall until there Unreal. was no. Um, um, no time, basically, and he would keep the Redskins this year. And I do think that that was always the plan of his, but I think that um, there's been too much negativity in Washington, and I don't think that he can he can do that. And I don't think the NFL is letting him do that this year. So I, I, I was kind of right. I don't think Washington, at, at least this far, I don't think Washington gets a new name this season. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see how it shakes out. I don't think they, they'll have time to get a new name new licensing agreements, new merchandise agreements, new this, new that. I think that um, Snyder will use this as a means to merchandise, and so people are going to buy a lot of Washington football T-shirts this year, and then next year they'll buy yeah, Washington yeah. whatever they are next year. So hmm. Washington football team established, 1932s and, is what and, I'm calling them. Yeah, what happened with the, the drama? with the, the Nothing, man. That was the weakest the, the thing, rumor? too. Yeah, the, the, like the rumors there. Uh, first of all, as as a two time season ticket holder to the, the to that franchise, I have no love lost for uh, for Dan Snyder. I think he's a piece of crap. Um, I believe all the rumors that were out there on Twitter. But what ended up happening is they, the the post ended up posting a story that was about sexual harassment. But it was an old, it was a retread story. That story broke two years ago. It's just more of the same. So I think there's more stuff to come. But it's just not even a storyline that you know. And Snyder definitely gets to keep his team. I can tell you that. So we'll see. Well, buddy, um, let's let's talk a little bit about the NFC South. Um, we can probably go a little quickly through these teams because I think there's two teams in note, and then there's two teams that are uh, maybe in transition or on their way to transition. We'll start with your favorite uh, team, the 2020 Atlanta Falcons. Brad, I say that in jest. <laughs> Um, but before we do, reminder to the audience, uh, check the link below, 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide. Look, we're, we're talking about um, COVID at the top of the show and stuff. 
player opt-outs. There's only one draft guide that keeps you updated um, throughout the offseason, and I am the most up-to-date uh, publication on Amazon. So you get free updates throughout the offseason. Check the review. I think it's like 10 or 11 bucks for the printed copy, less than five, if I'm not mistaken, for the uh, for the ebook. So check that out. But Brad, okay, so the, the Atlanta Falcons, weird team because you and I were convinced that they were going to fire their head coach, like possibly even by the end of the season. And then after the bye week, they ended up beating like, Two good teams. One of them was the Saints, and they ended up handing it to somebody else. Um, gosh, I don't know, but like another elite. Oh, it's the 49ers. They beat the Saints and the oh. 49ers in the back That's half. That's right. Of the they season. did do that. And you're like, it, both of us lost on the. Uh, because, and, and the thing was, like, New Orleans was coming off a bye, too. So it wasn't like you have two games. They both had two weeks to prepare, and Atlanta just dominated. Towards the end of the season, Atlanta was on a roll again. Head coach keeps his job. They have the same offensive staff in place, the the same general manager and everything, but I kind of feel like we're going to get more of the same, man. And um, and to me, that's Kyle. Look, Kyle Shanahan years ago, when he was coaching that offense and they went to the Super Bowl, if they kept that nucleus together, I was a believer in that. I'm not a believer in the nucleus they have now. I'm not a. I know Dirk Cutter's offense has put up yards. I don't like the way he deploys resources throughout a game. I think we're going to get another. Pick your seven, seven and nine, eight and eight, nine and seven record. Um, yeah, right. right. How do you, how do you feel about Atlanta? Uh, you know, I don't feel much to be honest. <laughs> I don't. <know. laughs> I mean, Matt Ryan. I, I don't know. I don't care. I just. I, it's like they they don't do it for me. I got they, nothing to they say. They haven't. I've been higher on on the Falcons than you have on this show historically. They add Todd Gurley, but Tad, Todd Gurley, they're not adding Todd Gurley from Los Angeles Rams and Sean McVay's offensive system. They're adding Todd Gurley to the Dirk Cutter system, who historically has, has really shied away. The last time he had a good running back, like in terms of fantasy and big production, was like Michael Turner back in his original Atlanta state. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, look, they have Julio Jones. They have Calvin Ridley. I like Russell Gage a lot. Hayden Hurst, I think, was a fantastic and completely underreported, undervalued addition I think Hayden Hurst is going to really pop at tight end this year, and people are going to like be surprised at how good he is. Like this offense will put up points, so that's that that means that they're going to be a factor in every game. It means that their players are going to be fantasy football factors. Their defense has been injury hit the last two years, so their defense has been, I guess, I think their defense is better than advertised. But when here's the thing: when the Ravens lose a key player on defense, they always have some fourth rounder you never heard of step in and do an okay job. When the Atlanta Falcons lose their starting safety, it's like it's a problem for the rest of the year. Yeah, right. And right. so to me, that means that what is the what is the problem? Is it that they can't draft good enough players to get that, you know, that program? I always talk about program on this, this show, like next man up. Falcons don't have that defensively. Is, that, is it a Dan Quinn? Is that he's not developing talent? Is it they're not getting enough talent? I don't know. But depth on defense is obviously an issue. Um I'm looking at like key additions. Uh, you know, they don't really have a ton of fantastic free agent signings. They lose um, a couple. They lose Desmond uh, Trufant. Vic Beasley was kind of me to kind of an eh kind of guy. I don't know, man. Um, added AJ Terrell in the draft, great. Uh, added you know defensive line, but it's just they're not one of those teams. I think that can can really make a run at this stage. I'm not a believer in that because I don't... Are you believe in Matt Ryan? 
I'm, I've never really been a Matt Ryan believer, but under the right coaching, I believe that he could get you there, almost like Jared Goff. Um, and we you saw think he's that. better than uh, Matt Stafford? I, I would say they're the same quarterback to me. Okay. Like the okay. exact same. And, and Kirk Cousins, who I know you don't put him in that tier. I put Kirk Cousins, Matt Stafford, and Matt Ryan. I put him in the same damn group. And, yeah, it, and which is which is around them they're not the guy but they need help yeah um matt ryan i will give them this though i think he's had more success than stafford obviously okay and i think he had a few better years than both of those guys i think he's above both of those but but yes the same family i i would agree with that i'd put matt ryan in the alpha dog um in those and you know I don't know who I would rank, uh, who I would take over Stafford or, or Cousins. I think I would actually go with Cousins um, over Stafford. But to be fair, Cousins needs better coaching, and I think Stafford could go out with whoever and throw for forty five hundred yards. So maybe maybe I go with Stafford. I don't know. But either way, my point is all these guys need help specifically with coaching, and definitely talent around them. And Matt Stafford Correct. does have the best talent around him. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Matt Ryan has the best talent around him in terms of receiving core and top to bottom. So let me hit you with the over-under here for the Falcons, man. Like, I'm not trying to throw hate at the Falcons. What I'm saying is they're just, to me, uh, with the addition of Tom Brady and some of the stuff we'll talk about Tampa later in this episode, I think they're definitely the third team in this division for me now. Um, but over-under, Brad, seven and a half games for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, I'd say, you know, sometimes when we do these lines, they're a little surprising. I think this one is spot on. I give them eight, man. I can, I can see them going 500 for sure. I, you know what? I'm with you. I'm with you. So I think that they're, they're eight and eight. I think their ceiling honestly is their ceiling. If everything breaks right is 10 and six to me. Um, their floor to me is maybe six and 10. Uh, but I really think they're an eight and eight team, uh, nine and seven. And we'll see. I mean, Brady has to stay healthy, which is a big thing. So they could, I don't think six and 10 is that. I'm just saying if everything goes stuff. bad, if the, the absolute yeah. floor, like even if Matt Ryan and like Julio Jones get injured, I don't think they lose any more than ten games. You know, if everything breaks right, I really just don't see them winning more than ten. Um, sure. So, so they're in that middle area for me. They're kind of in that uh, football purgatory. Um, but they I think are a little bit. They're they're offensive. They're offensive talent, and they get too many yards. Man, eight and eight, I think is is a pretty decent mm. bet for them. And Brad, before we talk about the uh, the Panthers here, let's uh, talk a little bit about Bet Online. Visit our good friends and exclusive partners at Podcast One Bet Online to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use that promo code Podcast One for your fifty percent sign up bonus. As of today, Brad and I are recording um, on Thursday. And yes, the Major League Baseball season is opening, so we actually have sports to bet on. Uh, the NBA, uh, look, they're in their bubble. Uh, they are next week are going to be starting their season. We just talked about camp. It's going to happen. We're going to get NFL, and you can bet on these over and under, so get in on that action. Remember, everybody, visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use the promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, Brad, before we swing it uh, again to the 2020 Carolina Panthers, just a reminder for everybody, Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide, baby. Pick it up, Amazon.com. It's not expensive. You get free updates, and uh, there's going to be a wild, wild preseason. Uh, we're most up to date, and we're going to even update even further. So check it out. Um, okay, so the Panthers they add uh, Mark Rule, uh, ex Baylor head coach, um, to uh, to basically take over for Ron Rivera, who had been coaching there for quite some time. Offensive system. He's a spread spread it around kind of guy. But what I like about him is he's coached on both sides of the ball. 
you know, I always kind of have hesitation with college coaches that have always best like like just focused on one thing. So he he is a football coach. He's not an offensive guy. He's a football coach. So I like that. Um, he did bring a staff of like defensive guys, which I find a little bit worrisome, um, just because you know it's a different game. Uh, but that could yeah. also be a benefit, right? Because they're they are used to coaching different games, so they might have some different ideas. So that's all right. And the offense is being led by the guy that coached the LSU offense last year, which was phenomenal in college football. So a lot of interest. Then uh, roster turnover. Cam Newton gone. Teddy Bridgewater in. Is that a physical talent upgrade? Probably not. But I think Bridgewater. Teddy you, Bridgewater, hey. Yeah. So Bridgewater, I think he gives you better passing efficiency he's not going to give you what cam newton could have given you in the run game two or three years ago um i know carolina was was moving away from that but i like bridgewater they add in my opinion an underrated signing in robbie anderson to pair with dj moore and curtis samuel who they already had and of course christian mccaffrey who they've already had i like this group man i felt like that we've been arguing kind of about the packers offseason i felt like the packers should have splurged and signed robbie anderson to me that Uh would have been the perfect Uh signing Mm -hmm. for them to Mm -hmm. insulate themselves for the season but carolina got him so you have like all these different guys they're adding in kind of like a spread offensive philosophy i think um schematically it's going to remind people a little bit of cliff kingsbury and what he's done or what he did last year in arizona um, they're not going to go away from the run. Christian McCaffrey's still going to be there. I don't think McCaffrey will get the volume, um, but it's just going to be a big transition in the year for Carolina. So the big question is like, with all this transition, what can they do, and will they compete? And that for me is the the big the big question because I feel like, although I don't, I, I feel like I'm throwing shade, but I'm not trying to. I feel like they're the worst team in this division. Do you see anything else that would lead you to believe different, Brad? Uh what was the question? Are they the are they the worst team in the division in your opinion? Yeah, I think they're the worst, man. I don't think they have a whole lot going for them. Big big rebuild year, you know. Bridgewater, huge. he's huge re- rebuild year. They, you know, they had something with with Rivera and Newton, right? Yeah. I'm not a Newton guy, but they yeah. had something. There was magic there. There was a spark, right? Um, the window closed, but uh, this this ain't going to be it for them. And uh, plus, they, you know. Who knows? Maybe the Buccaneers are a 12-win team, and we know how good the Saints are. So. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I think that's. I, I think it's going to be tough. And I'm looking at kind of the additions. I mentioned Bridgewater. I mentioned Anderson, uh, Weatherly, uh, Burris. Oh, by the way, in the draft, I think they got um, maybe the best um, prospect outside of the top two in Derek Brown. He slipped to them later. I love that pick. Um, Gross Matos, I like that pick quite a bit. So, they, I mean— it's a big rebuild year, and when we've been saying this in previous episodes, when you have COVID knock out the entire offseason, new head coaches get an extra mini camp gone. Okay, I don't know if yeah. they'll get that next year to make up for it, but that's gone. Um, reps for Teddy Bridgewater and the new offensive system gone. That's that didn't happen. He's getting mental reps. I know he has the playbook and he's been studying, but nothing on the field. Um, you might have some unscheduled sessions and everything with receivers, but it's. It's not the same as like a seven-on-seven drill in an organized team activity. No off-season workouts. Gone. So, you know, a team with this much turnover, it's almost like this is like a redshirt year, I think, for this team. And not to say they don't have talent because I like it, but I feel like it's going to take like, gosh, man, it might take like, this might be like, we've been talking about this for a while. It might be like the Dolphins from last year, how the Dolphins just look like dog crap for about four games. And then things got progressively better towards the end of the season. And actually, we like we're actually higher on the Dolphins now. I feel like we could be talking about the Panthers in the same way. Like it could be a rough four to six weeks while these coaches acclimate to the NFL, while these players acclimate to these coaches. 
And then, you know, these new pieces and all these new things start to gel together and they could be a really pain in the butt to team to play in like, you know, weeks nine through 17 or whatever it is. So I don't know, but let me hit you with the over under five and a half wins, Mr. Brad for the Carolina Panthers this year. Wow. Five and a half. I'm going to go under bang. That's tough for me, man. Winning, Winning five games. Man, I mean that—that's—they should be able to do that. They should be. But I find yeah, myself, you know, any any NFL team should, should be, be able, able to win, win six five games, games, right? So they should. Well, I guess six for the over, right? They should be able to do that. Six for the over, yeah. yeah. But uh, look, I'm—if—if if we had a regular off season, I'd be on the over. I would. But we've had this abridged off season. We have Bridgewater, new offensive system, college type thing, t- college concepts coming in. Um. I love the offensive talent. I just think it's going to take a while to gel, man. They're, they're going to be – they're starting fresh, and they're not really going to all be on the field together until like another week from now, and we're like six weeks away from the season or whatever it is. Right. I mean, right. that has an impact. I got to go on the under, but I think they're a better team than that. You know, but you got you to gotta make a pick, and I think 5-11 and 11 next year is uh, is a very reasonable prediction. I don't love it. I'm not going to put my money on it, but – for crying out loud, I mean, the off season has really screwed a lot of stuff up, right? That's why I'm not, I'm not, I'm not joining any betting contests this year. I'm staying away from it until 2021. Uh 2020 New Orleans Saints. Yeah. 2020 New Orleans Saints, buddy. Uh, mm-hmm. okay. Mm. The big addition here. <clears throat> here's the thing about the franchise is they've been trading, they've been trading multiple for like multiple picks in a draft for one pick, and they've been doing that for about two or three years. And so now, and they, they've known that they're in their Super Bowl window and that it's closing with Breeze as he gets older. And this year, they didn't have a lot of draft picks, man. And that's okay because their team is so good. But I think when this team and, and Breeze retires, they're going to still have talent, but it's going to be painful like two to three years while they still try to stockpile picks. Let me look. So last year, Brad, or the, the last draft, they had their first round pick. They drafted a center, which I think, by the way, is a fantastic player. Um, center slash guard, an interior line glue guy that's going to probably set that line straight for like 10 years. I think it's a great pick. Some people thought it was too early to yeah. but I, I like it. Um, then you have, so you have a first round pick, a third, a third, and a seventh. So you have four picks, a third, a third, and a seventh. That's what happens when you trade up, you know, and, and do these things. But, you know, hey, one of those trade-ups got him Kamara, so I don't think they're crying about that. So they add Emmanuel Sanders in the offseason. Um it's pretty much the same team. I mean, you lose Bridgewater at backup quarterback. They get Jameis Winston there to back up Breeze. Uh, Breeze. So if Breeze goes down, you know Jameis They're Winston. Sad. That's good. That's a good backup. Yeah, for he's that. a good backup. I don't want him as a starter. He's a good backup. Um, good backup, yeah. A.J. Klein leaves. I like that for that. A.J. Klein leaves. Eli Apple leaves. Von Bell. So not a ton of key losses. Not a ton of key additions. Although that Emmanuel Sanders opposite Michael Thomas, I think, is going to have an impact. I don't think Emmanuel Sanders is what he was even in Denver. Um, you know, he's he's on the backside of his career, but he's the best opposite receiver that Michael Thomas has had, I think, around in the last few years. So I like this team, man. I don't see any reason. Saints what, are good, dude. Saints let me ask are you, are the Saints the best team in the NFC this year, or is somebody better? Uh, doing a quick scan. I, I mean, yeah, I, w- I would say so. They're, they're really stacked, man, and they, they have a good system going on over there. It's been a long time since they haven't been really good, right? And and there's no, nothing different about them this year, unless I, you know how sometimes these quarterbacks when they age they just kind of fall off a cliff. Mm. That's possible, right? Yeah. 
I, I don't think it will happen, but yeah. that could happen. You know, all of a sudden they just kind of lose it. So if, if that happens, then they're not that great. But beyond that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think I have them a cut above San Francisco um, this year in the NFC um, for a couple of reasons. But my big question is, you know, Drew Brees, can his legs, can he have the leg, like the bounce in his legs enough to take him through? I feel like when the Saints go up big, I hope that Peyton takes Brees out of the game and puts Winston into the game to preserve mm. Brees to the extent that they can, because I know Winston throws a ton well, of interceptions, right? What did they do with that other backup? Bridgewater, he's gone to Carolina. Oh, you're no, talking about no. Taysom Hill? The other guy they had Taysom there. Hill. Taysom, the, the white guy there that killed. Yeah, they still they still have him. Yeah, yeah, he's there, but you know. Okay, but but he's not considered a backup. Uh you know, some people say that he's going to be the future starter there. I mean, but they still signed Jameis Winston. <laughs> you know, I don't, I, I don't see him as a All passer. Right. I see him as a slash guy. Um, you know, which is you know good. I think I think a slash guy is great, great to have in an offense. But yeah, I don't. Well, he had, no one could figure him out. So a little bit, yeah. Right, I mean, he was dicing it up, dude. He was going through the he was going through the defense. I think it was the Vikings, like. Uh, yeah, but they ended up losing that game, though. Yeah, they did lose that game, lose but that he game. balled out. He did. He's all right. I, I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not the big buyer. I know. I know Saints fans love them some Taysom Hill. I'm not. I'm not a big buyer on him. Um, I, I see him as a slash guy. I like the slash guy, um, but I don't. I'm. I'm not buying into the narrative that uh, Taysom Hill is going to be. You know the heir apparent to Drew Brees in this organization. Uh, no, no, me neither. Me but there neither. are a lot of people saying that out there. I just I don't buy. Oh, no, are there? Yeah, mm. and I don't think it's Jameis Winston either. But uh, what Jameis Winston and those guys give you is dimension, and they give you depth. And as we saw in the Saints last year, Teddy Bridgewater, they needed that. And um, you know, we'll see, man. I'd like to see Brees make a really deep run into the playoffs and possibly even get in the Super Bowl. I think it'll be fun. But let me hit you with the over under here, Brad. Ten and a half wins over under for the uh, New Orleans Saints. Wow. Um, you know what? I'm, <laughs> this is a tough one because, you know, they have the Bucks now, right? And the Bucks, by all accounts, should be very good. Um, I'll say over, though. Ten and a half, I'm going to go over. I, I, I think they're a 12-4 team. Even if, even if yeah, Brees, like, right. misses two games, I think they're a 12-4 team. My big question mm-hmm. for them is player fatigue. Um, when you don't add draft picks, by definition, you don't have a ton of depth that you know a lot of young legs so they're an aging team again i'm looking at this purely from an nfl betting point of view am i going to take them to win the super bowl i'm not even though they're my favorite team to to in the nfc like i said i mean you would think that logically you should put some money on them i'm not i, I worry about wear and tear throughout the season and depth um but they're my favorite team in the nfc this year so um, yeah, definitely on yeah. the over throughout the regular season. But like what we talked about um, in recent weeks, like the Baltimore Ravens, who were my favorite regular season team last year, when we got to the playoffs, I was all in on Kansas City and San Francisco um, and, right. and, and New Orleans. But I had San Francisco make it to the Super Bowl. And I think the same kind of thing is likely to happen next year. So we'll see. Uh, last team here, buddy. 2020 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we talk about that, fantasy football, Almanac and Draft Guide, click the link below. Free updates throughout the offseason. It's awesome. Well-reviewed. Five-star reviews. I keep you updates. Free updates, baby. That's what it's all about. That's where the value is. Um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, anything big happen with them in the offseason? Uh, they just picked up a free agent or two. Yeah, all right. Um, That's all, yeah. So, look, Tom Brady, people are hating on Tom Brady. Um, the, the, the I would say the national press was hating on him last year, and he didn't have anybody to throw to. 
Like Julian right. Edelman, Julian, look, Julian Edelman works 10 yards and in in the field. He runs five-yard right. option routes. That's right. what makes him lethal and deadly. But when what makes that so potent is when you have another guy that gets over the top of the defense and you can throw the ball downfield. When you can't do that, then your safeties roll up and you neutralize that slot receiver running these option routes a little bit. He couldn't find, Tom Brady didn't have a receiver on the field that could separate. He didn't have a running back yeah. that could get any yards on the ground. Um, and a lot of that is due to, to some run blocking stuff, right? So everybody like is hating on Tom Brady. Still, he puts up a really good touchdown to interception ratio. He puts up it's like Rodgers, man. Puts up a great yardage considering what he had to work with. And the one game, the one game that he had a receiver that could separate in Antonio Brown, he balled out. Balled out. Just crazy, right? Just balled out. The guy still got it, dude. I'm sorry. Because his skill set doesn't lend itself to, um, what, deterioration? Degradation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, right, because he's he, he's never claimed to be a runner, so he ain't running anywhere. All right, fine. You know, he he's just knows where to be, and he has the best feel um, that I've ever seen that's possibly ever existed. Yeah. You ever see anybody come up to sack him from behind, and he, he just somehow knows to just move forward like a touch yeah he's like how does he how does he know you know yeah, people like people talk about mobility and everything and he's not a mobile guy because he's not a fast guy but his ability to slide in the pocket mobile in the pocket is i mean it's inf- like aaron Rodgers. incredible aaron Rodgers doesn't have that pocket awareness what aaron Rodgers does he, he does not out of the know pocket. and russell wilson he slips, slips out, out and he of gets the on his feet right right I, and that's fine yeah but brady like he doesn't move anywhere and he He's just cool. He's like the eye of a hurricane, man. And I think he's still got it, dude. And, and and also, man, let's let's talk about the weapons that he's got in Tampa Bay. I know. I, what? I, we, we've kind of talked about this earlier in the offseason, but you, you can make an argument. I, I think you'd have a very strong argument that this is his best receiving core in his entire career. And Evans. You could. Godwin. Um, Miller, yeah. who I think is underrated in the slot. You have Gronk coming over too, by the way. Um, you have still uh, O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait, who are, in my opinion, Cameron Brait at least is underrated. O.J. Howard always gets some hype. Th- that's fantastic at wide receiver. Fantastic. Fantastic. The only thing that I can think could hold a candle that, <clears throat> to that was, I believe, in their undefeated season, the Patriots had Gronk, Aaron Hernandez, Randy Moss and Wes Welker on the same unit. Plus, you Did know, probably they have Gronk that year. Well, Aaron Hernandez and Gronk were the same year, so if, I believe I remember Aaron Hernandez. Um, you know, before murdering all those people, had a key drop in that Super Bowl in that last drive, okay. right before right. the bomb to so, Brady. So that was a good unit, right? And, and that might have been the second. You know what? Nineteen and one. Yeah, you know? and that might have been the second Giants loss too. I, I I could be I could be combining those two teams. And so like if they all had those guys at once, but for some reason I didn't feel like Gronk and and Moss lined up. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not a look. I'm not a Patriots uh, trivia expert. I, I know that they kind of were close in their intersection, but I can't remember. But either way, this group is on par. Maybe not as good as those four together, but when you think about Gronk and Aaron Hernandez so early in their career, if they did indeed line up. Then I think you can make that argument, man. Um, yeah. I like Godwin a lot. I like I like the top three receivers, and believe me, Miller's going to have something to say in this offense because you know Brady still likes throwing to the slot. Um, I Dude, do I think they're going to be phenomenal, man. Uh, how's the offensive line? Offensive line, <clears throat> I think is okay, but you know Brady helps that anyway. 
because right. of he his does. ability to he get does. rid of the ball. Right. I think the big question, excuse me, everybody, <clears throat> little cough, Rooney, <clears throat> Rooney, um, Ferris Bueller for you. Uh, I know Brad. No, don't shout it out because if someone doesn't know, then they don't know. Yeah, but yeah, okay. Okay. All right. We have a, we have a younger audience. I don't know if it's in the cult classics and the younger that audience. That's a good yeah. point. Um, well, you nailed that Rooney though. This is George Peterson. <laughs> George Peterson. Anyway. Um, what was I talking about? A cough and I well, were we, uh, he oh, the, the offensive, offensive line. line. No, my big question has been the whole time is, you know, Bruce, Bruce Arians wants to throw the ball downfield. So you were talking about like Brady never really takes big hits. I think he'll take more big hits this season than we've seen him in the past. But there's going to be a meld there. I mean, he's going to be able to get rid of the ball quickly. I like, um, you know, their pass catching running back. I believe the pronunciation is Ogunbowale. Um I'm not a big buyer on Ronald Jones, but I actually like the the rookie they draft in the draft um, as well. So, look, the the bottom line is the run game. What's up? How's the run game? I think the run game is weak. Um, now, I'm sure Bucks fans would uh, completely disagree with that. Um, I don't. Why would they disagree? I don't know. It's because they're they're Buccaneers fans, right? <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> they always they always think they got something on the horizon there. I I think Peyton Barber was better than than Ronald Jones, and I've heard the press that Ronald Jones is beefed up. Look, you don't see a lot of players. Uh, I'm sorry, you don't see a lot of running backs break out in their third season when they had hype before then, like. You see, like unheralded guys break out, but Ronald Jones, I, like I've heard the name too much. I, I just don't, I don't buy it. I think, I think it's more likely that the rookie ends up winning that job. And they gave Ronald Jones the job last year, and and Peyton Barber was still split, splitting carries with him. So I just, he's he's not doing something that that coaching staff wants. And I actually am more excited by the pass catcher, um, especially because James White did so well in New uh, New England. Brady does not have mobility, so he's gonna have to dump off more. I, I you know, we'll see. I but. Brady being there, everything improves, man. I think he helps everything, everybody. dude. It's gonna be great. I, I, I've never been excited for another team in, in all my 39 years as I am this year about the Bucks, right? Because I'm, I'm a diehard cheesehead and I don't give a crap about other teams. Yeah, right. But man, I want them to be good and I want it to be fun. I really it, do. It'll be, it'll be, it's super interesting. This is almost like one of my teams I really want to watch. Like last year, we were big on to the uh, the the Browns last year because of the hype coming in. Yeah, like this is right, one of my teams right. that I like. I want yeah, to watch right. and see what happens. You know. Yeah, that's a that's a great way to put it, and and you nailed it for sure. That's it. Um, it big, you know, another question is the defense, but again, I think Brady helps everything, and Todd Bowles is a great defensive coach. They had. Um, you know, they had basically one side of the ball there. Um, I believe their run defense is good, but their passing defense is bad. I could have those confused, but Bowles is going to clean that up, man. They, they know what they're doing. This coaching staff is a fantastic coaching staff. Let me hit you with the over-under before we close out here, Brad. Over-under yeah. Tampa Bay, nine and a half wins for Tampa Bay. Oh, wow, that seems terribly low. Really? Yeah, I think so. Very, very low. I'm going to go over. What, what do you think they're gonna, you're going to go over? Yeah, I think they win at least 11 games. You think so? I think they're that good, yeah. I think they win 11 games, and um, I don't think they're going to have any problem doing that. I really don't. I don't. You know, I could be wrong, obviously, but I think it's going to be a lot of fun for them this year. I'm, I'm with you. I don't think it's a crazy line. Um, I would have probably put them at nine games. I think I would have, if I was Vegas, I probably would have put, put them in that nine to nine and a half range, but I am on the over. Um now, uh, 
Brady's health. Brady has to stay healthy, but he's not been an unhealthy guy, so that's not unfair no, for me to keep kind of ragging on him. He just can't take a deal. ton of hits, and I think I think the coaching staff's going to be fantastic there. Um, I think everything's going to be improved. I think Atlanta and Carolina. I think Tampa Bay has overtaken them, um, you know, and I think that they're probably going to be a playoff team. So there you have it. Uh, there's a full episode, Brad. You got anything else for the uh, for the crowd there before we uh, before we dismiss before we adjourn? Uh, nah, meeting over. School's out for summer. Let's uh, let's wrap. By it the way, up. I admire your uh, Bruce Jenner 1977 look. Thank you, my man. I did that for you. I was hoping you would say something. I meant to. I meant to lead the show with it, but I forgot. I got all distracted. And I, I wanted to have a little costume day. Yeah, no, it was nice. I like the uh, I like the big glasses and that you know, you're giving me a very tennis vibe. Um, That's what I was going for, Matt. Yeah, like uh, what's that? Uh, what's that? What's the movie? movie? What's the movie? Yeah, what's I know the what you're talking about. The, the uh, Mandel bombs or the tenon bombs? The 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 royal tenon bombs? No, no, no. I wasn't talking about the royal tenon bombs. I was talking about the um, the other one with uh, Ben Affleck. It's another cult classic. Ben Affleck and. Um, Matthew McConaughey was in it, and uh, some high school movie. I don't know. Oh, don't know. oh, oh! Yes, 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 yes. I, I I can't let the audience go without figuring that out. So let me just pull up a little IMDb action here. Uh, what is that? Matthew what is that one? That's a super famous movie. Yeah, hey, I know. It's it's like a it's a '70s high school kind of thing. Um, and it's like Matthew McConaughey's start, basically. It was like where that was his first role. He never acted before that. Is that right? I saw, yeah, I saw an interview about that. He got, just kind of got picked out. Some luckily, and they're like, "Can you do this?" And he's like, "Yeah, of course I can do it." He had no idea what he was doing. He just nailed it. <laughs> I got to find. I can't, I can't. I don't know how to spell. His what name. the hell's the name of that movie? It's I know it's driving me nuts, but I can't let anybody go until I'm, I have my dog in my room here. She's going crazy right now. How come I think you haven't found it yet? Uh, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Oh, of course, they're giving me his producer stuff. How about as an actor? Like, I care about Ben Affleck Productions. Uh, where are you? This is riveting radio. He was in Field of Dreams, Ben Affleck was. As an extra. Dazed and Confused, for crying out loud. There it is. Yes, Dazed and Confused. There we go. On that note, hey, everybody, I'll go out and make some bets get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. We the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Shottown to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never ran. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.